From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast and our special series on women in board games. I'm Jonathan. Joining me once again are Stella. Hi. Mandy. Hey. Emily. Hi. And Crystal. Hello. Thank you so much for coming back to the show, everyone. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the elephant in the game room. We're going to talk about the depiction of women in board game artwork. There's been a huge amount of discussion about the depiction of women in video games and a bit about pictures of women in tabletop role-playing games, but not quite so much about tabletop. Now, I've got a bunch of game components on the table here, and my co-hosts have been looking them over. This isn't exactly a representative sample of everything that's out there, but hopefully it'll kind of get you started. So let's begin with personal experiences. Have you ever come across something in a board game that you were playing, or you were going to play, or you might have been interested in playing, and you saw the art, and it just did not make you feel good? I wouldn't say necessarily it didn't make me feel good. For me, I guess, mostly when I see like a very graphic depiction of a female, very sexualized image, it just makes me giggle. Um, it's probably not the best reaction, but it doesn't offend <laughs> me per se. It's just I, I agree with the sort of the giggle bit, especially when it's so unrelated to anything. Yes. You know, I mean, what does what does this have to do with anything? Why does this particular little figurine that I'm holding in my hands here? Why does uh, she's she... talking about a mage knight figurine, the character Arathea, who's supposed to be a demon lady. She's wearing uh, armor covering every bit of her except her thighs and her boob uh, above that area. Which, if we're thinking of armor, would be a horrible miss. Basement. Pretty much, yeah. It's like people never go for the groin. Unless that... you've got bionic boobs. Groin are hearts. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> those aren't vital areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why is this necessary? Why is this important? It just, it's, yeah. so, it's so forced. I mean, it's just people and artists are just forcing these women into these outfits for no particular reason. And it's unnecessary, too. You know, you compare it to these figures for claustrophobia, and the women there actually look like they're ready for battle. They're awesome, yeah. they got swords. They're fully covered. So, um... Uh, Crystal, you've got a background, an academic background in feminism. Can you, can you sort of explain for our uh, audience benefit the difference between objectification and idealization? Because in a lot of cases, we'll have, uh, I've, I've heard this particular thing before from a lot of male uh, game players that, well, it's the same with the men because they're all, you know, bare-chested and muscular and stuff. So it's, yeah. it's just, that, that's the same thing, right? I think it's important to remember that, you know, as a feminist or as somebody who has been at times offended or maybe a little, you know, um, disenchanted with board game art or, or video game art, um, is that artists, board game artists are not misogynist and anti-feminist. Like, the guy that designed this figurine that we were just discussing is does, probably doesn't hate women. Nope. In fact, probably loves women. Probably, <laughs> probably respects them. And, and you know, um, it's just that, unfortunately, in our society, it, at board games are not excluded. Video game imagery is not excluded from a uh, the, the objectification of women, which is, is that women are objects for us to consume, whether with our eyes or however, but predominantly visually. And the difference between that and idealization is just that it's a power imbalance. And unfortunately, in a world where men and women or male and female were equal, this wouldn't be a conversation we were we would be having. But because women are still seen as less than, by definition, their gender, we still have, this is why women with no armor on their breasts or thighs is problematic. It seems like there's also sort of a difference in terms of, you know, there's some some depictions of characters out there, this, this is something you're supposed to want. Mm -hmm. And there's others that you're supposed to want to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, and the way it looks, I mean, you compare this dude right here, he's got all the muscles and stuff. I mean, if, if it were a woman dressed like that, then that would seem more objectified, I guess, because that's what you're supposed to want. But 
as you know, a guy can look at that and say, oh, that's, that's awesome. I wish I were like him. That's um, who I want to be. Exactly. That's who I want. And, uh, and, and it, I guess you're, you're saying about objectification, it's literally the definition is like to be to reduced to an object, mm -hmm. something like a prize, something you win or you get as a reward. And we see this more in video games, I guess. Yeah, in general, most of the video games we play, there is a component of, I mean, we'll just go to the classic, and know it's sure. obvious, but the princess, right? Everybody's trying to get the yeah. princess. But that is still really prevalent in gaming today. Is a woman gets, you know, Claire uh, Redman, I think, in Resident Evil series, you know, girls get kidnapped, women, at some point, the obje object of the game is to get the woman, whether you're rescuing her or you're marrying her. It's still pretty And she's also your theme. reward. Also a reward, yeah, exactly. Another thing that I've noticed too, um, now, this is a perfect example, you have Dracula here in front of me, mm -hmm. which I've never played, but I'm looking, and um, the cards here, so there's a series, there's uh, five women and three men, and all the women are in passive positions. They're the victims, they're, yeah. they're the targets that Dracula's trying to collect. Okay, and the men are the Vampire actors. hunters who are, yes. or actually, technically in the game they're passive, they're lying in wait for Dracula to attack okay. them. And okay, but back. the image, but, exactly. it's the image, and also, you know, the women are inside and, and I know you're going to say oh you're reading too much into this but really this is this is the bare bones of of uh, gender formation and I think it's very strong and still very prevalent in gaming whether or not it's intentional which it rarely is because it's so engendered and ingrained right mm -hmm. so Stella as a burlesque performer you have uh, a, a great deal of interest in sexy women <laughs> and uh, the awesomeness that comes from that but uh, for, for a lot of us other folks, um, it's kind of hard in some ways to tell the difference between what's something, when, when something's going to be sexy and when it's going to be creepy, when it's going to be empowering and when it's going to be demeaning. How can we sort of, um, you know, how can I as a male game player sort of begin to, sort of, to understand the differences between these? Um, uh, what what really, do we look for? I think it's really interesting that Crystal took those photographs. Or, or I guess illustrations. The cards from Dracula? Yeah, on Dracula. I looked at them and I said, wow, these are really beautiful. Look at their costumes. They look like really beautiful women. To me, they didn't look passive. And, and maybe that's a problem. But to me, there's something about owning your beauty as a woman and owning your sexuality and feeling powerful within that. If somebody encroaches upon that, that's a problem. And hopefully you fix that. And I get that we have millennia of men encroaching on women's beauty because it's attractive. But I, I'd like to think and hope that like eventually we're going to be able to own our beauty. And that's what I do in burlesque is like, yeah, I'm a beautiful woman. And you probably want that. And I understand that male sexuality is like that. You want to own my sexuality, but I refuse for you to own that because I own it. And I think there's something amazing about about women. Like, there's a it's okay for a woman to look beautiful and be sexy, as long as she owns that in herself. It's hard to do that in this, in this particular it's case. So in the hard case, to in the do case, that. and uh, in particular, this game, yeah. Dracula, that we're discussing here, it's really hard to do that because they are literally targets mm -hmm. to be collected. Yep. But on the other hand, the one who's doing the collecting is the villain, is the bad guy. Right. So does but that does that turn not around? Be, I I would like to hope that one day there'll be. And they're probably, and actually no, because you told me there is villain, women villains who use their beauty as as um, as a weapon. Sure. Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, and I, think <laughs> you know, and I think that's okay. There's an idealized woman. Like, <laughs> in, in not her. in real life, but in a game, women use their beauty as uh, as a weapon, and that happens a lot. And I think, yeah, why not? 
Um, on the topic of, of beautiful cards, one of the games that we have in front of us is Masquerade, which has some of the most mind-blowingly beautiful. beautiful. Oh my god, beautiful. And, the and they're huge, the, oversized cards, too, so you can really sell Yeah, and then the top card on this deck is the card of the Queen, and it's gorgeous, and it blows my mind, and it's almost enough to sort of forget that they're, like, objectifying this, this woman. Wait, are a little why? Bit. A little bit. Well, I mean, like... It looks I, like she's owning it. She's choosing to She is, but actually, way. part of the game is that, so there's the king and the queen, and the queen does less than the king does, by nature of them being the queen, and that's one thing. I mean, you look at it, and you're like, mm. I mean, all the other female characters... Do, do different things. They do odd things. They but do that's by nature things. of the game design, not by nature of the queen being beautiful, right? Yes, but uh, what I'm what I'm getting at is sort of like it's, it's possible to sort of appreciate the beauty of the cards and the beauty of the art while still sort of understanding that there's something somewhat problematic with it. Absolutely. And this is the first example. For me, I think it has to do in what role the female plays in the game. Uh, looking through the Dracula cards, when I first saw them, I was on, I was like a green style. I was like, oh, they're gorgeous, they're beautiful. And then I learned about the game, and Chris and I were talking before we started the segment, and I learned that they were just like the victims. I'm like, oh, well, that's not as cool. Or same with the queen. If she was worth just as much as the king in the game, then I wouldn't say that she's being objectified. I'd be like, yeah, she is, you know, awesome, and I want to be like her. But because she's worth less, and she's, you know, bringing this like really sexual kind of personality, it's like, oh, okay. And we're also using it the action. So we're saying like, oh, she's beautiful. So that's what she's doing, being beautiful. That's what the problematic part is. We don't just look at the male cards and go, oh, I don't care what his skill is. He looks good. Where don't is- we though? I do Actually, that. we kind of do. With, I mean, take a look at this card here, the usurper. What is he doing? He's uh-huh. looking awesome. Yes. yes. <laughs> I do that a lot with games. No, that's like true. Badass, like badass, like... In a, uh, in a generalizing, in a generalizing kind of way. You can recognize the beauty of the women yeah. in these cards, of course, but on another level, it's not just the face value of what we see. It's that deeper, what is the meaning of this? This what comes from something. This is... Being, women, women historically and, and traditionally being representative passive is, is not just in this game, Dracula. Men being active, it's not just this game. I agree, but I also think like, again, no offense, but you're also gender norming women to not, like I I objectify men as well. Like I look at them sometimes just being like, you're a beautiful man. And that's what I look at. Some of the, like look at Pan, he's a beautiful man in this card. Like look at the king and certain things. Like, and I think that's the thing that we need to we need to move forward on is like, yes, sometimes people see people for their beauty and I think that it's so powerful to see both ways. Like I see men for the beauty and you can see women for the beauty as long as we have equal power. Of course, but we don't. And that's why it's still problematic. Yeah, we don't live in that perfect world. We don't world live yet. in a world where, of course, you can objectify a man just as much as you objectify a woman. working on it. But yeah, that, that's yes. a necessary step to yes. get to that perfect yes. world. Yeah. But also given that we were talking about before how little of these types of games that females play, the target audience visually of these cards is male. So in that perspective, like they aren't gonna, you know, objectify the male because like for them it's like, Oh, I'm a dude, it doesn't really matter. He kinda of looks cool, but look at this queen, she's got very nice features. I don't know, but do you wanna see a ma- a naked man on the card? You don't you wanna see men in badass armor? And tough and strong. For me. Getting on a, on a point that you, you said earlier, Stella, on sort of owning your beauty, I find that a big problem with a lot of these cards is that they are absolutely beautiful, but there's no way for us as players to own anything about them. For a lot of the time, they're just placeholders, and they just sit there looking pretty in front of me while I do abs- things that are absolutely unrelated to owning anything about it. I mean, if I was playing a, a game with, like a, with a really sort of like beautiful, voluptuous female character and and I sort of could do things to sort of like own that 
like sort of as part of the game, that would be something else. But if this beautiful female is just like sort of sitting in front of me for everybody to look at, doing absolutely nothing besides sitting there and reminding people that I'm female and that I'm playing a character who is female, that is not owning it, that is not allowing me to do anything with that card besides sort of like, oh, look, I'm pretty. So you want to feel like this is your avatar. This is what you're using to explore the world of the game. This is this is you. Yeah, no, just if, if we're talking about sort of like owning our beauty, sure. if the beauty, if, yeah, if we're talking about owning our beauty, we should be able to do something to actually own it as opposed to just saying so. So mm. having beautiful cards and beautiful women in sort of like mm, positions is worth nothing if you can't do anything to sort of uh, like bring them above that. And in Masquerade, do you think uh, having the queen in front of you and saying, I'm the queen, I get to do this. Uh, does, do you ever feel that uh, that's a sense, or does that not really work in that respect? No. Not so much. Nah. I do. I think in, uh, like, what, tying into what you are saying, uh, in Love Letter, one of the higher cards that has more power is the Countess. Yet it's funny that the Countess is one that we kind of give, like, a bad... She becomes, like, a villain because she's the one with her breasts out there, and she's kind of, like, the duplicit... Bad influence best friend of the pr- like the princess. So she's like a kind of like a villain because she's so overt and sensitive. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but when I when I teach love letter, my whole thing like <laughs> slut chaining. Yeah, <laughs> yep. exactly. It's terrible, but I mean it works so well with the plot, which sucks. I mean, sort of the way that I sort of present the countess is that she's you know she's the princess's sort of like duplicitous villainous best friend and she's had intimate relations with both the prince and the king and that becomes problematic when they're both in the same room so owning her sexuality is a bad thing in those guys yeah but that's that's my problem it's like i get it like not all women need to own their sexuality to have their power but sometimes if your sexuality is your power and you choose that and you want that don't shame that. Right. And when we're discouraged from doing that in games, that sort of reinforces the yeah. negativity. But what games are saying, Stella, is that sexuality is women's most important power. And that's what's mm. the difference is in But that. it's not. Look at the... There's a guard. The guard is, is also... she's also women. worth the least in the game. Mm. Yeah, but talking about sort of doing something to get agency and to sort of like... like bring your character above this whole sexuality thing. Like, the, the, the Countess is the complete opposite. The Countess, what, the only thing the Countess can do is sort of, like, escape and then bring, put a bad name on this whole sort of owning your sexuality and owning your personal life. Uh, we've, we're overanalyzing this quite a lot. I guarantee you nobody sits down, well, very few people at least, will sit down and play a love letter and consider all these things. But those patterns are there in the background and they're sort of subtly reinforced in ways that the game designer, I'm sure, never considered. Um, and this stuff sort of exists kind of ephemerally in our, in our culture, I think. It's sort of there, like the air. And um, hope, what my hope is, at least, is that as our culture improves, as we get towards a more egalitarian sort of way of doing things, we'll see this stuff sort of naturally kind of drain out uh, from games, and we'll be able to see positive uh, uses of sexuality and of gender and all these things from both sexes. That's, that's at least the hope. And, you know, at least it's not as bad as it is in video games, so... Yay. Um, that's it for our third episode in the series. Next week, we'll be bringing it to a close with some talk about how we can make board games and board gaming culture more welcoming to girls and women. Unfortunately, Stella will not be able to join us for that episode. She has a rehearsal to get to. Thank you so much for being with us, Stella. I'm really glad you could join us. so much, my pleasure. All right. This is again where I don't start. Until <laughs> next time, I'm Jonathan with Stella, Mandy, Emily, and Crystal. Game on. Thanks for listening. Snakes and Lattes offers a unique service for your next party. Snakes on the Go Board Game Catering. Your own personal game guru and an assortment of our hottest games right in your living room or boardroom. 
Birthdays, anniversaries, corporate team building, everything is more fun with board games. Visit snakesandlattes.com slash SOTG for more details or to book your event today. Until next time, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.